How do you build that mindset? It's choices you make every day. And when you're faced with that choice, what I have realized, and I've really started to shorten the window, the longer I wait, the less likely I'm going to do it. And so I'll lay out clothes the night before to go work out. I'll pre-plan the workout if I'm not in a class. I enjoy class settings because I know for me, I'm going to work harder. It's pre-planned. It's on my schedule. I'm going to go. But in life, if you're in sales, right, we talk about this with our team a lot, is if you can start to eliminate too many options, I think people in life now, especially today, you're faced, you, you have so many choices in a day you need to make. How do you minimize those? How do you just have it where you have one or two choices to make? Okay, this or that. It even comes down to what you wear every day, right? Like I've simplified so much of my life to where I need the power in that mindset to be ready to make the tougher decisions and to be thoughtful about those. But other decisions, you need to put that to where it's more habitual and you've just made those decisions and you honor your commitments to yourself. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. Brian, you're a husband, father, wealth advisor, VP at Loan Depot, author, speaker, former pro soccer player, also a podcast host, and much more, man. Thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Eric. So thanks for having me on, and I'm excited to jam and collaborate here. Right on. I'd love to go back with my guests. I think you grew up in Memphis, right? Like, what was childhood like for you? Yeah, Memphis, Tennessee. So I was fortunate. My dad was, um, for, for those that had a dad that was a coach, my dad was early on coach, and I was out in the ball field. My older brother was five years older. So most of my childhood, I tell you, I was literally spent on a field and being the younger brother, I was always trying to chase him or like his older friends. And that really instilled this competitive drive of who I was. And I was extremely fortunate. For those that follow soccer, I had Kyle Root Jr. early in my life, who was one of the first American football players that played with like Pele and guys that you would know. Wow. And he coached at our church. And so I did that soccer, basketball, like just give me a ball, right? Put yeah. me on a field. And, and do all that. So I tell you, that's really where a lot of who I am today as a dad, as a leader, as a husband, all of that is both my parents worked exceptionally hard, stayed in the same world. My dad was a psychologist. My mom worked for the city um, and retired there after 30 years. And one of those, wow. like, you don't hear about people staying in the same companies anymore. Yeah. yeah. It taught me a lot about work ethic and really integrity. And, and I would say, even to this day, just loyalty, those things that kind of instilled who I am. Mm. I love it. Who was it that, that was your, who was your biggest influence as a kid? I have to go to my parents, you know, to everybody's like, they spent the most time. And I can remember back to this. I mean, Eric, I, I was, I traveled quite a bit and I was fortunate to play and traveled to Europe and all that as a teenager. Yeah. And when I was playing in town or even a couple of the trips we went overseas, my parents, and now I understand probably some of the sacrifices better mm. that they made to be at those games. But, you know, as a parent, you can see that. And now that my daughter's playing and everything there, I would say my parents, you know, just the way that they 
not only just the faith and the spiritual side of their guidance, but also just teaching me how to be, you know, somebody of integrity, somebody that works hard, things that look, I, I don't, I don't think those things happen by accident. And so I, I'll go with my, both my parents. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I coach my son's baseball. Uh, he's eight and I've coached the last four years and, you know, very involved. And I'm one of those parents that like, I, I don't want to mess a game. You know, and one time a couple of years back, an employer said, Hey, you've got to travel. And I missed two of my son's games. And I was like, uh uh, ain't happening ever again. I was so upset with myself that I allowed that to happen. Uh, but ever since then, I've not missed a game and, you know, coached his game. And my daughter, she does different sports and jujitsu and stuff like that. So I never miss any of that stuff. So I'm really dedicated and totally understand that, uh, you know, as parents, we have to be there for the kids. You end up playing soccer, professional soccer, and you were playing for Olympic uh, U-17 and U-23 teams. What was that experience like, and, and how was playing at that level um, shaped you as the person that you are today? Oh, man, great question. And, and I, I look back, a lot of great memories with that is, you know, I think in that season, you almost, in, in life, you don't realize the levels that you're at and that there are other levels. And I think the first lesson for me that I took out of that was, there's always another level. Like when I would make it, there's a state team, then there's a regional team of like 12 states. And then there's four of those. Then you go to make the national team or the Olympic team. And you realize like, these are the best of the best in the whole country. And very quickly you start to see, wow, what makes them special? Mm. What makes them different? And I realized very quickly is most everybody was gifted in the sense of like, they could pass the ball, receive the ball, move well. They were strong. They were fast, all of that something up here was different. And I started to notice that very quickly. Like, how do they respond to failure? How do they respond to a bad pass or their player that they're marking scores on them? Like, how do you respond to those things in a game? And then it also taught me, I'd say lesson number two was, it wasn't what you just saw. Like when you came to the practices, yes, we trained hard and we trained for a lot of hours. What I really quickly started to understand was it's how you took care of your body, both your food, right? Your nutrition how you started to strength train, all these things that were happening off the field that no one would ever share. And I share this story often is, you know, I realized in that moment when I came back from my first, basically what we call training camp, I started running and getting up at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. And I would have to start putting miles in because I recognized I wasn't at the fitness level that I needed to be at to perform there. And so I think what it taught me was assess where you are, realize that there's always another level. You gotta be willing to put the work in and then the third lesson that I use today with teams and even my family is if you can get along with diverse people on your team and you can help guide the team to win and control and influence attitude, behaviors, and performance, you're actually more valuable, right? Because the most talented person, if they're a cancer on the team or not someone that everyone wants to be around, you realize very quickly, they won't make it at that level. Yep. There's somebody else waiting to take your spot. And so you've got to be able to build relationships with a wide variety of different people and realize that everybody has something to offer. Can you bring out the best in others around you? You can, life's going to work out a lot better for you. Oh, that's so huge, man. It's so big. I love that, dude. I mean, I'm a big believer in mindset in, is everything, you know, no matter what you go through, hurt, pain, uh, you know, wins, losses, but you have, um, you know, you've, you've put together a very strong mindset, right? Going through all that and playing soccer, but what can folks do to kind of master that art of growth mindset? So I love this is wherever you are today, there are actions that you and only you know you need to take. Mm. And so even this weekend, right? So I'm walking on Sunday. We had a bunch of people over at the house on Saturday night and we're up later than normal and all that. So, you know, I normally go to bed a little bit earlier and we're up late, but it was awesome because I got to invest in relationships. Mm -hmm. I woke up the next morning and I had a decision to make. 
Am I going to go work out or am I not going to go work out? We, we are all faced with that every day. If you can start to build that mind like a muscle and do things when you don't feel like it. And I have this saying that I would encourage people to steal it. It works for me. And um, actually, Dr. Kevin Elko shared it the first time I heard it. He works with University of Alabama and all that. And it's basically actions over feelings. And champions are always going to choose actions over their feelings. And look, let's be honest and real about this. Is there are days I wake up, I don't want to go do anything. I'd rather sit on the couch, hang out, watch my favorite Netflix, and like just binge eat and just chill. Like have a great time. Well, the results of that aren't going to really work out in my favor. The business isn't going to grow. My family's not going to be happy about that. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to be healthy. So those are commitments I've made myself. So how do you build that mindset? It's choices you make every day. And when you're faced with that choice, what I have realized, and I've really started to shorten the window, the longer I wait, the less likely I'm going to do it. And so I'll lay out clothes the night before to go work out. I'll pre-plan the workout if I'm not in a class. I enjoy class settings because I know for me, I'm going to work harder. It's pre-planned. It's on my schedule. I'm going to go. But in life, if you're in sales, right, we talk about this with our team a lot, is if you can start to eliminate too many options, I think people in life now, especially today, you're faced, you, you have so many choices in a day you need to make. How do you minimize those? How do you just have it where you have one or two choices to make? Okay, this or that. It even comes down to what you wear every day, right? Like I've simplified so much of my life to where I need the power in that mindset to be ready to make the tougher decisions and to be thoughtful about those. But other decisions, you need to put that to where it's more habitual and you've just made those decisions and you honor your commitments to yourself. And I'll share this with you is that, you know, guys, all of us grow, you're going to have to take ownership of where you are and where you want to be. And there was this Matthew McConaughey speech, I'll never forget. And they were like, hey, who's your hero? And he talked about, it's me five years from now. It's me 10 years from now. And I'm chasing that dude. I am chasing him like there is no tomorrow because I want to be that person. And when I look back, I go, dang, I covered all this ground. I did all these things I said I would do. And that for me, look, that, that's what motivates me in the times that I don't have motivation. And I stick to it. And when you start to do that, it is like building a muscle. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm so big on that, like sticking to things that you say you're going to do, committing to those things. For me, I wake up at 4 a.m. six days a week. And there's days where or nights where I stay up a little bit too late, man, or I didn't sleep good. But I'm still setting that alarm at 4 a.m. because I know that if I don't get up at 4, my day is going to like kind of be thrown off the routine, right? So I get up at 4 a.m. no matter what. And I if I have to drink a little bit more extra coffee that day, that's fine. But I, I have to stick to what I commit myself to, man. So I love that. I noticed when I was looking at your website that you have some key things that you live by that really resonate with me. You know, be kind to others, always be a learner and addicted to growth, be hungry, share your talents, surround yourself with great people, be passionate. Of those key things, what do you feel is the most important and why? The season I'm in right now, it's about learning and growing. Mm. And here's what I've realized. So I went out, I went to this conference in Los Angeles with a friend of mine that put on this really amazing, con um, I, I want to say like event, probably experience is probably the best way to say it. And there were people speaking there that you would know. I mean, it's just amazing. What I realized is I need to seek out new information and learn every day because that is going to impact everything that I do. By yeah. surrounding myself with those people, it was one of those, I would say it was one of the breakthroughs that I've had in a while where I was like, wow, if they're able to do that and you hear it and, and people minimize this, you hear people say it and, and I'll, I think it's worth repeating is, there's no one out there with superhuman powers that you see. And a lot of people put fake stuff on Instagram, like set that aside. Don't worry about that. There yeah. are real people that are winning that are just like you and me. Mm. They've just figured out for themselves 
how are they going to win? And, and I defined success for myself and my family and those things. And when I got clear on that, I will say the season I'm in, that tenant that I share about always learning and growing, if you commit to doing that every day, that could be listening to a podcast, reading a book. And I was listening the other day to Atomic Habits uh, with Jim Clear and all this stuff. And I'm, so good. I'm like, man, one of those amazing things where you go, wow, even five or 10 minutes a day. And I was coaching someone this week and they're struggling with this very thing. And I said, well, hey, what if you just read five minutes a day? Five minutes. Do you have five minutes in your day? You could read. And they're like, well, yeah, I could do that. I said, the next week, why don't you just commit? I'll check in on you. You read five minutes a day. When you get to five minutes, stop. Just stop. And what's funny is you probably know what's happening. They're wanting to read past five minutes, right? And totally. they're starting to build the muscle. <laughs> yep. I'm, I, I go back to learning and growing. And I think that will start to permeate in other areas of your life. So that's the season I'm in right now. And like, I live it. I realize I don't have all the answers. I don't know it all. Yeah. But I know some great people that can help me. Oh, that, that hits home so much for me because going into 2021, I, my word for the year was just growth, man. I wanted to grow on my business, grow on my relationship with my wife, grow on my relationship with Christ and, you know, draw close to those that are, you're be able to lift me up, right. That I can motivate and make a bigger impact. And, you know, I had a conversation with Ed Milet a couple of years back on my podcast. And one of the things he said to me that really stuck and it's on my wall here is he said, it's an acronym. It's canny, constant and never ending improvement, man. And I look at that every day and I'm like, man. I got to get better. I got to get better every single day, man. I love he's, that. He's legit. And he was actually, by the way, he was one of the speakers at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. At that event and, and just lit the stage on fire. When you get around a guy like that, I'm sure yeah. you feel like you start to think bigger. You're like, man, I'm playing small. Let's step it up. Yeah. Oh, it was a crazy day when I talked to Ed because two hours prior to him, I talked to Ken Shamrock. So it was like a mind blowing day for me to have both those guys on, on my show on the same day. It was just wild, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> No, I mean, but you have your own podcast, The Brian Covey Show. It's an amazing show. People need to be listening to this. But I love podcasting. I've been doing it since 2017, and I'm just fascinated with people's stories and, and love to be able to network and relationship build through the podcasting side of things. But what's your favorite thing of podcasting, and, and how has it helped you in your business? Oh, I love that. So I started mine two years ago, so you're ahead of me. I was looking at how do I take the network that I've built, these amazing people. And similar to what you shared is I knew they had great stories. I knew yeah. they had life lessons. I knew they could help other people. And I thought, well, I'm only one person. I would selfishly love to have conversations with them and, and listen to their stories and pull that out. And I knew some of them hadn't really publicly shared it, but I knew if I could bring them on and we could have conversations, I was better at conversations and I'm not that person. Like I'm working on my public speaking and getting on stages and doing that stuff. But Honestly, I have some great friends and a great network that I felt like this conversation would bring out their greatness and I would also be learning. So it was very intentional in my own personal growth. And then I also felt like it would build my network even more. And the, the biggest surprise was beyond me learning things that I never thought I would learn. I mean, I don't know about you, but I go back and listen to my first five to episodes and I'm like, Oh, wow. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we've, we've come a long way. Yeah. It also tells me I have a lot longer to go. But I'd have to say the relationships formed and, you know, Eric, during that season where we haven't really been seeing people for a while, it allowed me to continue to build relationships. And then we all know, like, regardless of what industry you're in, right? Like I'm in mortgage and real estate and own some other companies and things there. Relationships matter. And yeah. that for me of building relationships, because one person introduces you to one person who introduces you to one, and then your network just starts to grow. And you're like, man, there's some cool people out there. And what I have loved at that conference earlier this year, and there's one coming up in January, there are people I've never met. 
I feel like I know them. I know their family. I know their story and we are forever connected. And that you can't, you can't trade it. Is it hard work? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've invested money. I'm sure like you have into it and, and I look at it like it's me growing myself, but what can I give back to the world? And, and part of that's just, let me share my network and some of my insights in life. You almost quoted exactly what I say. Like when I started a podcast, I selfishly just wanted to talk to amazing people. And then I was like, man, I got to share this stuff out with the world, dude. You know, and then looking back, like I did almost a hundred episodes in a walk-in closet with bad lighting, bad camera, bad microphone. Like I just, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I just want to talk to people, right? Yeah. <laughs> didn't even oh, know yeah. about Apple podcasts. I was just uploading to YouTube for the, probably the first hundred episodes. And someone's like, how do I listen to your show? I was like, what's on YouTube? Like, it's not an Apple. I was like, I don't even know what that is. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I love it though. The, the, the journey through podcasting, no matter what level you're at, man, I mean, however many shows that you've done or I've done, like, you know, people, if they, if they're passionate about it, you know, I, I say, just go out and start talking about it. Oh, it's crazy. And I would say, I mean, our business results, I do think they're a direct correlation of my own personal investment and myself becoming a better leader. Yeah. And then I also know through the show, you know, we had um, Ryan Serhan on the other day, right? So that's right in our wheelhouse. And yep. he shared some many amazing things that I can share that out with real estate agents are part of our referral partner network, right? And then there's loan officers that may want to join our team. So I say, we're just, we're trying to be in areas that most people don't, they won't do it. Right. I, I wanted to dive into your book real quick, because this looks like an amazing book. I need to pick it up. Um, but you talk about how to win at life, no matter where you started. And even if you're still facing that wall, and I cannot re wait to read this book, but you know, what's that journey that you take readers through in your book here? Oh, so this was really cool. It actually was birthed out of the podcast is okay. we were going through so many episodes and I realized these stories are incredible. I mean, the way people opened up and shared, and I, I attribute that with my dad being a psychologist, there's, there's some things that like I've gotten better at asking questions and people would open up and share things. And I'm like, if you listen to these stories, you're going to find someone that has a similar story to yours. And you think you're the only one out there suffering with this or that, or you've had this traumatic event in your life there's a lot of people out there and they're achieving great success. So I wanted to put the stories first because I felt like that was the human connection of like, we're all a lot more alike than we think we are. Yeah. And so I wanted to make that kind of heart connection. And then we moved into the head of what were their life lessons? So almost like little mini Ted talks. Mm -hmm. And I realized as we started to do this, you were like a lot of people, yes, they love podcasts and they'll listen to it, but there's still a lot of avid book readers. And so we're like, well, what if we just encapsulated each of these chapters you could read one or you could read five of them. And there were 10 guests and myself. And so we took it almost like a TED talk and we gave you just the talking points of the biggest takeaways that they shared. And so one, to have access to some of these people would be exceptionally hard to get. Number two, it would be expensive to probably get those. And then we captured that season and that moment. I think a lot of people were very vulnerable in 2020, 2021 about what was happening. So we we're able to pull that all together as kind of a way of like providing hope and inspiration to say, this actually could be an opportunity. This could be the turning point in your life. But let's give you the connection, but let's equip you with the tools to go make choices in your life. And then I shared my story, um, which I won't give it away there, but, but it's worth reading everybody's story. Yeah. What I found is nobody's gotten to where they are with like actually a lot of failure. I'm not even gonna say a little bit, like when we all started talking, it was like, oh, wow. Oh, you've been fired there. Oh, you filed bankruptcy. Oh, you've battled cancer in your family. Oh, you came over and didn't speak any English whatsoever. And like, you know, you were without a job for like five years and like just barely making ends meet. Like you hear stories and you're like, if they can do it. Let's go. Yeah. Oh man. It's so good. I, I think 
one thing that I acknowledged or, or realized about probably 10 years ago is my past and other people's opinions do not define my future. You know, I was that kid who grew up in the broken home. I had to fight my mom's boyfriend. I was 13. I was in jail at 18, bankrupt at 21. I mean, I've got a short sale and I was battled addictions and, you know, now 17 years sober, married to my best friend for almost 17 years, breaking those chains of addiction, abuse, rejection, and divorce, you know, and it just shows like, I think anybody, if they want to make a change in their life, all they have to do is decide and then take action, right? I mean, so huge, man. So huge. Uh, where I'm at, the housing market is absolutely insane out here. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, crazy yeah. market. If you're a local person, you can't even afford a house. Like curious though, how did you end up in mortgage? And then, you know, where do you see this housing market go? Or oh, going? Question. So short version is I stumbled into it. I loved okay. finance, accounting, all that in college. I was playing soccer there. And I had some great teachers, right? We had people from FedEx and International Paper and all these guys that would volunteer and they would teach. I just fell in love with it, probably because I had great teachers. And so I enjoyed that. And then it moved into my wife and I, we were engaged at the time. And I had friends, including us, that we were looking to buy a house. And the process was horrible. I mean, when I say horrible, like, like I didn't want to buy a house. Like once I started the process and the application, they want all these documents and all this stuff. And do you qualify? And you're so nervous and all this stuff. I was like, you know what? If I'm going through it, my friends are going through it. Probably other people. I said, you know what? I like people. I like finance and numbers. I don't really have any experience. So, like, how do I go in? So, I went to a job fair. No joke. I had been wow. turned down for so many jobs. Like, nobody would hire me. My resume read soccer, 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 or <laughs> soccer. And so, I finally had a company that would take a, a, I'd say, a risk, a calculated risk. And they're like, we're going to coach you, train you, and teach you. Let me say, I fell in love with the business because helping people buy their home, there's always something. I remember the first time we bought our home and then now helping people actually buy their home. We have a slogan that home means everything. And we found that out in 2020. Mm -hmm. Like when we all got sent home and your kids are home, if you have kids or you're working from home and all that, you realize like your home is more than just a place you come to and put your head down at night or eat food and all that. Like it is everything. Yeah. And I have absolutely loved this journey because as I've grown in my experience, now I'm able to bring other people and people that with no experience into the industry. And it affords you an opportunity because it's still competitive. You still got to be on top of your game. And um, I've, I've absolutely just, just fallen in love with it. So that was, that was how I fell into it there. Yeah. As far as the housing market, that's a great question. We saw record appreciation this year, close to 20%, really across the nation, which is unbelievable. Normally, you'll see that around anywhere from 5 to 8% is, is a great market. Wow. Well, we know that's going to cool down a little bit. And that doesn't mean we're going in reverse. A lot of people talk about like, oh, there's this bubble. There's these things happening. No, there's not. Let me just clear that up for you. What's <laughs> going to happen is record appreciation. It's like a stock that rides and it goes up. At some point it levels and it has growth, but it's not going to be at the same rate. So we think they'll probably be anywhere from eight to 10%. Maybe even some markets, it's very local, will be more than that. What we're fighting though is this inflation, right? Record inflation this year has been pushing rates up. So we're not sure about this omnibus variant kind of thing going on. Is that going to bring rates down? What's that going to do? My belief and our, our kind of intelligent people on our team, we think rates are going to continue to go up a little bit. And so if you're looking to buy, there's the double whammy factor you got to think about is one, rents are going to go up faster than appreciation next year. We believe it'll be 10 to 15%. Most rent will go up. Hmm. We've got home prices going up and you have rates going up. So what's that mean? Payment goes up. Yeah. Yeah. Payment goes up. Yeah, for sure. But here's the beauty. So the FS um, Federal Housing Group just came out and they raised loan limits. And all that really means for somebody buying out there is you could put down three and a half percent down or 5% down. So that house that went up in appreciation 20%, you might actually be able to put that down payment versus a 10 or 20% down payment. 
So I still think it's a great time to buy. I'm a big believer, cornerstone of your wealth, you should have real estate. It's just proven to be over the years. So I would get with a mortgage advisor like we train our team and figure out your options because we believe this is still going to be a great time to buy and you just got to find the right mortgage for you. Yeah. You talked about this earlier, but you used to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and get those miles in. I'm big on morning routines. What's that morning routine like for you? So I'm still around five. So I'm not quite okay. as early as you're, you're coming out there. Okay. And I like to spend a little bit of time just first 30 minutes to an hour before our youngest wakes up. And it's just me. And usually I'll listen to a podcast. I'll read something. I'll read scripture. I mean, I know you probably relate to that. Is like for yep. me, just centering my day, like my faith and, and all of that just kind of brings me back and have some gratitude within that. And I just slow down. Um, I'll go in, I'll respond to anything if it's urgent, just kind of get things through the day. I am re-looking at my schedule. And then I'm typically either in a 6 a.m. class, if I do those Monday, Friday usually, or I'm going to a mid-morning class because I want to see my kids before they go to school. We have three, all three different schools. So I do want to see them because the reality is I won't see them until after five later today. Right. So if I don't get just even 15, 20 minutes within the morning, um, that for me is a priority, right? So faith and family, I'm not missing those. And um, I've spent too many years missing um, some of that. So that's usually my routine there. I love if I can't get a quick workout in, I will say one great investment. We set up a home gym. So I have no excuses, like 15 yep. minutes. Some people are like, oh, I need an hour. No, you don't. 15 minutes. If you go out there and you really get after it, you can have a great workout and you should, you should do that because you'll feel good about yourself. You'll keep your commitments. And, and I think for me, those are the big things, the big rocks. The rest of the day, I am a Sunday planner. So all of my schedule through the day yeah. is just scheduled because I know I'm going to get more done if I actually schedule it in. So I do live by calendar. I'm one of those. Um, it's not on there. It didn't happen, probably. Yeah, totally. Me too. <laughs> uh, I'm all about that. The morning routine for me starts the night before. So I have to write down my to-do list. The first thing I got to do when I get to the office. So I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm not getting distracted with Facebook, Instagram, and all that stuff, man. I can yes. just come in and head down and start working away, man. I'm a big music guy. So I love to ask a question. Like, what's a favorite band for you? Who do you have? Uh, that's a, um, like, what type of music do you listen to? Oh, so coming from Memphis, um, I got to give a couple shout outs there. So I grew up on blues, obviously, that was there. So I grew up on some like Almond Brothers, Zeppelin, and some yeah. of that like older kind of classic rock stuff that was there. But then I moved in, interesting enough, a little bit of rap gets thrown in there with okay. like Mafia and all the fun. Today, I, I love some Zach Brown. Um, I'm still a fan of like Justin Timberlake came through and some people don't, don't dig that. But man, that guy is like uber talented sure. um, as he goes through. And then I've started to like country. You know, this is really weird to say, living in Nashville now, I didn't really grow up liking much of the country. But today, now that that's there, incredible. Um, yeah. Last night, I was able to get my six-year-old, we were listening to Coldplay together. Okay. And love, I mean, it was just so cool. And we're talking back and forth. And so I'm very mindful of what's there. Yeah. And the last part, I'll throw you a curveball, is um, I'm actually a bass player. And so I grew up and I played the last probably 15 years with a lot of Christian artists. And so there's some of them like Chris Tomlin and some of these guys that I can just, I can listen to them in Hillsong yeah. all on repeat, right? Like just, I could turn on Hillsong and just be done for the day. So I'm, right. I'm a little bit all over. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, me, me too. I used to just be straight metalhead when I was in high school and it's kind of mellowed out a little bit, but I still like to bring it back every once in a while. You know, Brian, such an honor to have you on my show, man. You're an absolute world changer. I love what you're doing. And I cannot wait to read your book, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and jumping me or jumping on the show with me, man. Eric, thanks for having me. And thanks for being one of those guys. This collective impact is big. And so thank you for stepping out there 
and living out your calling because that's going to change lives, man. So thank you for doing that, including me. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I wanted to just take one quick second of your time to point you to ericallenmedia.com. I have a ton of free and paid content on our resources tab. Click on that. Tons of books, tons of websites you can go check out. Some secret websites in there as well for you. But listen, I am available for hire for anything from product videos to content videos, review videos. I do a lot of how-to and explainer type videos, box opening videos for brands. I also do laser engraving for anything that's wood product. So if you need some you know, coasters made or fun tags or something like that, shoot me a DM. Happy to help you out. You can check out some of my work on our YouTube channel there. Really appreciate you checking out the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Have an amazing day.